my god, Becky, look at her butt. Welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. I'm Stephanie Keenan, and every Tuesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. on KineticHiFi.com, you can catch our show. We talk about everything that is related to health, wellness, uh, mind, body, spirit, and you get to learn a little bit more about my fitness journey and some of the things that have helped me along the way. So tonight, I wanted to bring on Marshall Crown. Marshall and I met through my boyfriend. He introduced me to Marshall. Uh, Marshall is a performance-based coach. So lately I've been doing a lot of Spartan races and so I'm kind of getting back into my my little cardio mode a little bit, but it takes a lot of strength to do these too. So it's not the same cardio that I was doing before when I was doing triathlons, duathlons, and running, although those have really helped me out in this. So I have invited Marshall to talk about his coaching style, some of the different tips, and this is perfect timing because I'm getting ready to do... Um, a Spartan Beast, and if you're not familiar with that, it's a 12-plus mile race, um, so that's 12-plus, and the last one my boyfriend did, it ended up being like 17 miles on the GPS, so this is absolute perfect timing. Uh, Marshall has some some clients that he trains currently, and they really are beasts, so welcome, Marshall, and could you tell us a little bit more about your background? Yeah, Stephanie, I appreciate you having me on. Um, uh Grew up competitive athlete. Started off, I played played baseball all the way into college. Um, kind of that was where I got my main uh, kind of drive and, and background. Um, I started off. That's where I grew into strength training as well. Just I was I was always the kid that was too small and was told you're never going to be able to do anything. So I kind of had to get at it early to get strong enough and fast enough to be able to kind of compete and and hold my own. Um, went into college, uh, ended up going into exercise physiology is what I started off with. Um, ended up having a career in any injury, uh, when I was playing baseball. So I left my first school and transferred down to South Carolina and I finished up in, in uh, Clemson University. Um, I actually finished up in a different biology program. They didn't have kinesiology at the time. And, um, so while I was there, I I had some experience with uh, some other guys that had trained me. I had some some experience going out to University of Minnesota and and uh, spent a couple of weeks out there uh, with a guy that I had trained with in high school. He had an internship under uh, Cal Dietz, um, great strength coach, um, and uh, was able to kind of hang around and just be a gym rat out there for a couple of weeks and picked up a lot of knowledge and came back and it was always just a huge passion of mine and I was working with guys. Uh, and, and friends of mine in, in school and I'm, you know everybody was doing the you know back and buys three you know three <laughs> sets of ten thing and I I had all these kind of crazy ideas of in Russian literature that I was reading and they were like man I really want to do what you're doing and you know you seem to be getting strong and so I started training them um, in about 2008 uh, I was just looking for a way to kind of get back and be competitive uh, to kind of find a way to to do that and like most people around that time um i found crossfit was a way for me to you know kind of blend my passion for olympic weightlifting um and and strength training and and have a way to compete at the same time so did that um and then started competing you know in in olympic weightlifting as well and um past couple you know past year uh i was past two years i've been i was decided I'm going to just go full-time into coaching. That's what I was had a passion for. 
I was in corporate America, and I was like, this is just terrible. You know, I was like, I was, <laughs> oh, we share that. Yeah, I was, it was, I was getting burnt out hard, and I hadn't been in it all that long. And yeah, uh, I was coaching. I would go in and open the gym up in the morning and coach like five to seven in the morning and go to work and then get off and coach like five to nine in the evening. And I was just getting burnt out. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm working this job. I hate to be able to do what I really love to do and coach. And I said, you know, I think we're just going to make a change. And so I decided to leave that job. Mm-hmm. I took a 70% pay cut Ooh. and jumped out on faith and said, you know, this is what my passion is. I know that my passion will take me where I want to go, you know, where I really want to be. And, yeah. um, so I was fortunate enough to take on some really awesome clients right away. Um, and I started my business, uh, which is Defiant Strength and Conditioning. Uh, so I have several, uh, had an entire team of OCR racers, obstacle course racers. They all competed in Spartan. Awesome. Um, they actually finished, uh, last year they finished uh, the Spartan Sprint. They've podied them uh, on that one. Awesome. And several regional races that they've won um, and finished like at least second and third on. So great athletes. I take no credit for what they've actually done out there racing. Um, I've just tried to help them the best I can to kind of get there. So, and, you know, with you getting into that now, I think that was kind of a good, uh, kind of how we were able to kind of connect on this. So. Oh, I think, you know, there, it's so funny. There there are no coincidences, and the timing is absolutely perfect. Um, I started doing the Spartan races just because my boyfriend got invited by a friend to do a sprint, which is the five-plus miles, and, um, and he loved it, and he said, let's do this. So then I signed up with him, and then I met you at the same time. So that it's it's really, really perfect. Um, so that's I, that's it's perfect timing. It's why I wanted to bring you on tonight because um, – the training that I normally do, so my background, I did um, triathlons and duathlons and a lot of running. So I was just super cardio. I didn't really have any, I didn't have much cross training going on. I mean, I swam in high school and I ran cross country and I did track and field. So I guess that's somewhat cross cross training, but I was super into cardio. And then from there, I went into fitness competitions, specifically physique or um, figure, which is for anybody who's not familiar, it's just uh, kind of like bodybuilding, just not quite as big, not quite as lean. Um, but still, you know, your cardio kind of goes away, especially that running piece of it. Oh, yeah. And um, and you're really focused on building a ton of muscle, which it's for appearance. And ultimately, whenever you start doing some more obstacle course races or something like that, that's actually kind of dead weight that you're kind of carrying around if it's not strong muscle. So, um, so I really shifted gears again, going to the obstacle course races. So this is really perfect. Um, and we are going to just take a really quick break here and then we're going to get into some of the specifics on the different training styles that, uh, somebody who wants to do an obstacle course race really needs to focus on. And these are not, these aren't common things that you would think of probably like, it's not like, Oh, let's just go run a bunch of miles. So we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Tonight we're meeting with Marshall Crown, and he is a strength and conditioning coach. And this is perfect timing because I just started doing some Spartan races, and some people have been following me on social media watching those. And I've had some clients who have started doing some mud runs, Spartan races. And it's really helped to reconnect back with uh, the running side of me because, you know, I guess once a runner, always a runner. Um, so you can't just go run a bunch of miles, though, and expect to get really good results. 
difficult. So I'm going to ask Marshall to share some of his tips, something that's a little different, something that somebody would, you know, maybe if you're into general fitness, maybe some things that you would want to start considering for doing an obstacle course race. So so getting started. Okay. So, so just, so we want to start with just somebody that wants to do it, you know, recreationally. Recreationally. Yeah. Um, I would I would highly recommend that you don't bite off the Spartan Beast to be your first <laughs> recreational race. I would I would suggest you stay something more in the five k range and you know and, and really just be able to enjoy it. Um, you know because they they are pretty physically demanding, but they're a lot of fun. I mean I think it's better than just running on the road for yeah. three you know three miles. I mean it's that gets old and, and boring after a while. And I, I try not to run. I run about one mile more than I'm ever chased in any given week. So, (laughs) you know, and and that's due to my sport. But, um, you know, what I would tell people to do is really start with is you do need to have a requisite amount of strength um, just for life in general. Um, But you need a requisite amount of strength to be able to perform certain tasks that you're going to be given in a race like that. Um, when When you just run down the road, you know, you can, you can get away with just, you know, kind of being, you know, not very strong. Um, and, and you can look at body composition types for people that are, that are long distance runners. And just, I mean, most of them can't even perform a, a basic air squat. I mean, they just, their hips wow. are so tight. Yeah. Their ankles are super tight. Yeah. Misalignments and, and, um, and, and what kind of having some, you, you'll see a lot of hip, hip misalignment. Um, you know, they're, they'll end up actually developing a little bit where, you know, if they run on the road constantly and they're running miles on the road regularly, you'll see a little bit of how much their hips will actually rotate and, you know, their posture will be a little bit misaligned mm-hmm. only because the road also slants. I mean, like that's the way mm-hmm. water gets off the road. So their left leg will also will typically end up having to shorten a little bit for that stride length. So... That's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you're running off road races, you aren't really don't have that, that concern because the terrain is, is, you know, changing all the time. So there, you don't end up with a, an imbalance like that. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for most of the tasks that you'll be given, um, you'll have obstacles that you'll run up, you know, come up to, and, you know, you're going to need, you know, a fair amount of upper body strength. You're going to need a fair amount of lower body strength. And and you're just going to need to have, you know, a pretty good attitude about everything is like, you know, like that is that's huge. the biggest thing, you know, yeah. you got to realize that, you know, if you're doing this recreationally, you're doing this for fun. Like, yeah. you know, so you should be having fun. So, and if you're not having fun, then you need to check what you're doing like, and maybe come up with a different hobby. So like, <laughs> that is such a good point. I have seen people get really flustered and, and yeah, it is, it is for fun. Yeah. And, and I tell people, I tell people I coach all the time, like, you know, the easiest way to PR on something is do something you've never done before. So you know, true. I mean, so yeah. if you've never climbed a rope before or you've never climbed a cargo net before, why would you be expecting to be awesome at it? Yeah. You know, like go up there and be like, Oh, I fell off the thing, you know, and like <laughs> laugh about it because I mean, I'm sure somebody else laughed at you doing it, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> so, you know, don't take yourself so seriously when you're trying to do this recreationally. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would be getting into doing a lot of body weight work. Okay. You know, um, I, and when you're doing it recreationally, there's no reason to be getting into, into really heavy strength, you know, programming for that. Okay. Um, you know, or really even trying to climatize your body, you know, either hot or cold, depending on the year 
any time of year of the race. You should just be doing, you know, burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, air squats. So these walking are the lunges. Yeah, just do basic, you know, all-around general, you know, body weight work. Okay. And you're going to, I mean, you can get really gnarly strong just doing body weight stuff. I mean, look at anybody yeah. in prison. I mean, like, they don't have a lot of weights, and they're gnarly strong because all they do is push-ups and pull-ups all day long. Yeah. I mean, like, you can yeah. get strong. And that's what you're going to need to be, yeah. you know, to do these things. Oh, that's such great information because I know um, I personally, when I get ready to do something, I'll read everything about it. I read the blogs. I read because I'm trying to educate myself. And and that's smart, you know, by doing that. I mean, but it also just I love that you just got back to the basics because I feel like sometimes um, I used to see it all the time with like the fitness competitors. They would get all bogged down in all of the the um the details and it's hard when you're looking from the outside and you're looking at it brand new you don't really you it's all shiny to you right and so like it's that's really great that you just broke down what the main pieces are for getting started in it um so for any of the listeners who have been doing like for me for example i mean i jumped back into doing spartan races and i actually did the super which is eight plus miles but i did it in virginia at wintergreen which is a ski resort and um a lot of hills it was huge and (laughs) i i mean leading up to this i qualified for the 2003 duathlon world championships on the mount Rainier course out in Seattle and so I would have to say that was probably the hardest thing that I had done up until that point and then we did that Spartan race which was the super on ski resort um you know my body was failing by the end it was the hardest thing I had ever done um so I but I had I had some more background so I could kind of jump into that so for somebody else maybe kind of like me who has a background in something that was endurance based who has been strength training for a while um any of my clients or my fans who um who do my high intensity interval training workouts on a regular basis what would you say for that kind of competitive athlete and then we'll move into the really elite athletes okay. that you coach and your coaching style for that yeah so when you're going into a much more competitive base um you know you need to really be kind of considering what your your strength battery is in this you know now you can be an an endurance athlete and that actually brings a lot of qualities Mm -hmm. um to the table but if you're strictly just an endurance athlete you're a marathon runner you know or you know you may you know i even see a lot of triathlon uh, triathletes that exhibit a lot of weaknesses Mm that they're great in their three domains but they lack a lot of strength, you know. And well, and everything's moving in the forward direction in all three of those sports, so you don't have much lateral stuff. Don't that have you're doing. much lateral stuff. You're not really getting away from, you know, you're not really, you know, hammering away much at, um, at what you can do. I just I see those guys like you know they're great, but their bodies will break down. Okay. You know they they have you know huge physical limitations because they just don't have the strength, and when they start to break down. And they start getting catatonic, you know, or um, catabolic rather, you know, you know, their their muscle is breaking down. Well, they don't have enough muscle for it to really break down over that much time. Okay. You know, and so they can get away from it and get away with it in their their domains when you know, and doing a triathlon. But when you're adding in on so much extra physical stress, like in a like an obstacle course race, um, you know, there's a lot of factors in there. So I mean. You know, you're going to get beat, you know, bruises and scrapes and stuff like that. That's just added stress to the body that, you know, you got to kind of 
consider. So you really need to start implementing a good strength program. And, and even coming from a beginner standpoint or even an intermediate standpoint, just basic linear progression is fine. I mean, okay. like, you know, squat, deadlift, press, you know, you could, you know, any variation of, of you know, pressing, either bench pressing or, or push pressing, um, you know, and, and my more elite people I will, I'll have actually doing more power, you know, more explosive lifts too. But, you know, you getting into those basic things, you know, set it up, you know, go five by five and add 10 pounds every week. I mean, like, okay. Could you explain that just a little bit? Cause I think we have a lot of people who are listening who may not understand the five by five. So just yeah, explain a little bit. Yeah, more definitely. So, so if we were, we'll take back squatting for example. And, uh, so, you know, a five by five would be five sets of five repetitions. Okay. And this and, is building strength. And it's building strength. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to stay in a, in a smaller rep range. So, mm-hmm less repetitions, um, kind of a medium set range. So five, three to five to maybe no more. Yeah, probably no more than five, okay. maybe six. Um, but it, adding some weight and, and a lot of people think, oh man, I'm going to like, I'm going to get bulky. I'm going to get huge. When, when you're doing heavy weight at low repetitions for a limited number of sets, you're not going to get bulky. You're going to get strong. Okay. Just like if you added hypertrophy work of lots of repetitions but less sets you're also going to get lean and strong yeah. you know and, and i the misconception is everybody's going to look like you know arnold from his heydays back in like you know when he was winning mr olympia all the time and for any women who are worried about that yeah. i have tried so hard for years and my body naturally puts muscle on and i'm only as big as i am so. yeah and, and <laughs> i mean people will will you know the it takes a long time for those for people to get like that, you know, and, yeah. I, and and they have dedication like a none other. They're not going in there and working out three hours a week, you know. I mean, like just trying to get, you know, general physically strong. Just I mean, I, I tell I have some women that I've trained, and I I tell them like you know, you know, can you pick up a fifty pound suitcase? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a th- everyday thing. You're going to go to the airport yeah. at some point. Can you pick up your suitcase and put it on the scale? Yeah. You know, if you can't, you're packing too much. So, like, <laughs> back it off. You know, but, but like, you know, um, but that, that's just a, that's an easy thing. I mean, can you, can you pick up 50 pounds? Because, yeah. it, you know, that's an everyday object you may, may have to do. And, like, and most of them are like, no, I can't. Wow. And I'm like, and so if you're not strong enough to do that, and that's just, like, a, something you're going to have to do in a, during your day. Or, like, if you have a huge dog and you buy a big bag of dog food, like, and you can't pick up a bag of dog food, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. Just, you know, lift weights, get a little strong. It's yeah. not going to make you big and bulky, you know, quite yeah. the, quite the opposite, you know. So, cool. You know, so doing some, okay, so some so strength. Adding, yeah, adding mm-hmm. some strength work in there and, and you know, and, and still getting mileage in. I mean, you're still running a race and you're still running mileage. And yeah. so if you're looking at something more intermediate where you're running an eight-mile eight race, you're still going to have to get that, that volume in. Yeah. And I tend to like to bring people along slowly into that because I'm – I'll work them into either interval work where they may do one mile repeats. Okay. Because um, most of the races that you're going to do, you're not going to just run eight miles. You have obstacles in between. Yeah. And a lot of times they're going to be full of people waiting to do the obstacle. So you're not running continuously. What you have to be really good at is running from obstacle to obstacle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you need the endurance to last for a long time, but you need to be powerful and have a lot of strength to get you from point A to point B quickly. Yeah. And then do an activity, and then you go from point A to point B again quickly, 
And so we do a lot of a lot of mile repeat work. Okay. Um, we do a lot of you know, you know, I'll add carry work in on that too. You know, like maybe oh, we'll that's do, huge. I'm sore right now from carrying a hundred pound dummy around the gym the other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, it, it but it makes you soup like. There's nothing better for your core. There is nothing better for your core, and I mean, there's no better. I mean, you can't train for that. I mean, we 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 bought a we bought some buckets and some no. rocks. And <laughs> it was so cute. I uh, <laughs> he sent me a picture, and he was like, he sent two pictures of buckets or a picture of buckets and some rocks, and literally just walking up and down the street carrying that. Um, something else that I found, and I don't know if you have some some tips for this, but um, my grip strength gives out a lot. It gives out on just regular general weightlifting, and then it gives out on something like a Spartan race. So, and, and that's a huge limiter for just about anybody. Okay. I mean, so, even you know athletes that I don't have that are doing obstacle course racing, just um, some of my CrossFit athletes that I have, um, or my my competitive guys for that. You know, we do a lot of kind of obscure strength, like grip work, because. Yeah. The first thing that's going to fail is their grip and okay. if they can hang on to a bar longer or you can hang on to a rope longer or you can hang on to a bucket full of rocks longer <laughs> you're going to be able to stay one step ahead of the next person so it, it's little things that, that tend to get overlooked yeah. that you know i that we do really well at defiance we we try to break everything down by what you know what's going to fail first and we really try to keep that pretty strong yeah. You know, a, a, a motor on a car typically doesn't go, like, right when you drive it off the lot, you know. But the little tiny bearing in your wheel will end up going before all of that and cost you a ton of money and leave you stranded on the side of the road. It's like, take care of the little things and everything else will be fine, you know. And so, you know, we we program very heavily for those things, doing a lot of grip strength work, doing a lot of stuff that, you know, doing you know we'll we'll add in a lot of like jumping rope and stuff just to keep you know like the planter work in your foot very strong that's because huge because you're up and down those mountains exactly and up and down hills and especially if you come from a coastal area like we're in right now yeah. you're not necessarily used to that so you know driving with your feet that way yeah you know it, it's a whole different you know stress on that body that's not used to it so mm-hmm. we want to keep everything strong so that you know the little parts aren't going to wear out during the middle of the race. That's know. awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, we're going to take just one really quick break. We're going to come back and I want to talk about more um, elite athletes and um, what the training looks like for them. Because I, I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, we all do it. We look at the elite athlete and they're like, I wonder what that takes. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. Tonight, we're talking to Marshall Crown. He is a coach with Defiance. He actually owns Defiance. Um, He is a strength and conditioning coach. And so we are talking about some different, um, specifically obstacle course races. I have a special love for this because I started doing the Spartan races. And I've done Tough Mudders before. I've done other mud runs. Uh, Spartan, I feel like, is, that's really my favorite on um, the I feel like the Tough Mudder was good. It was about 12 miles long, but a lot of time waiting for the obstacles. And I didn't feel like the obstacles challenged me quite as much as the Spartan race. I mean, um, like jumping off of a a two-story platform that's kind of scary or going underwater in an ice bath, that's kind of um, challenging a little bit, but it doesn't take a lot of skill to do that. So you do face some fears, which is really cool. But I feel like the Spartan race is great because you – 
literally carry buckets of rocks up and down things like ski slopes. Um, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And so I'm getting ready to do a 12 plus mile race coming up in a few weeks. And actually, by the time this airs, it will be about the same week as the competition. Um, so I wanted Marshall to share some more tips about how to train for a Spartan race or any other kind of obstacle course race, whether you're a beginner, or you're intermediate. And now we're going to talk about some expert stuff. And then I want him to share some of the other cool things that he coaches for because we were talking before the show and he says something about strong women which sounds awesome so experts if you were an expert if, if when you coach expert level so elite competitors level, elite the elite, yep. mm-hmm. biggest thing that's going to separate an elite level from anybody else is pain tolerance that's it okay that that's the number one thing and um, I love that first time we talked and you're like, oh, you like those middle distance triathlons, <laughs> duathlons. You, you really like to be in the hurt locker, don't yeah. you? And I guess I kind of do. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> okay. that's, and that's what's really good having a background in, in endurance is mm-hmm. endurance athletes have a, have a capacity to stay in, a, in the pain cave for a very long time. And, you know, I think any, any elite level athlete, you know, to, to be great and, and greatness comes from dealing with a lot of pain it really does i tell my athletes that constantly um everybody wants that everybody wants the 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 cool shininess of being something you know that everybody else looks up to they don't Mm -hmm. realize how much work that these people put in though to do that and you know to be an elite level you know racer especially at this your your training takes on a completely different style and um you know, we do a lot of strength work heavily, and and you know the the guys that I have doing elite level uh, OCR races, um, we we incorporate. I, I'm a big fan of of Olympic lifting. I think just being explosive in general is is the best way to 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 go about those things. But we, I mean, they train four days a week. You know, um, just because their training sessions are pretty pretty long and pretty brutal, and I want to give their bodies time to heal. Um, but we go through a lot of they'll do a, a dedicated strength session and then after that they're doing you know more conditioning work you know adding in runs adding in carries um adding in a lot of jumping um a lot of body weight work okay. uh, they'll add in i'll add in a lot of like buddy carries and stuff like that you know um i i will increase their their training to the point where i'm really trying to make them want to quit Okay. I from a, from a coach's standpoint. Now this is different than if you were just doing this on your own, like trying to coach yourself. But from what I'm looking to do is I'm actually trying to break that person and see at what point that they're willing to give up, and then we kind of work backwards from that. Um, I I honestly have never had anybody quit. And I, I attribute that to the athletes that I have, um, more so than, than my programming. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's really just the athletes that I have. Now, I, one of the things that we do at Defiance is I always say that we train so imperfectly that I want people to get perfectly trained. It's just I, I picked that up from somebody else, too. I'm not coining that phrase. Yeah. But I do believe that we do some stuff that um, – that other other people aren't doing, which gives our athletes advantages. Um, the Vermont race it was very cold. Oh, it was yeah. wet. 
Um, a lot of people that traveled from across the country did not get ready for that the way that I had certain people get ready for it. I had, you know, for rope climbs, we soaked ropes in water so the ropes would be already wet. And then I would have them soak their hands in the water, in ice water, for up to five minutes. And then they'd have to do multiple repeated rope climbs legless with just their hands. Wow. I just learned how to do it the regular way. Yeah. I can't imagine with no feet. <laughs> and no feet and basically no hands because their hands are just frozen yeah. at that point. And the rope's cold. Everything starts getting cold. Um, and it's to acclimate their body. It's not to torture them by any means because... Their, that course will torture you if you didn't yeah. torture yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if but the when your body feels that and goes into shock, it's like, oh man, like I don't want to do this. Like I'm, I'm gonna die. You know, like you know, I'm cold. You know, I'm getting hypothermic. Yeah. If you've already put your body into that situation, mentally you are gonna be at such a higher level than someone else. Then you know. By doing that, you're going to be able to handle that. Your body's not going to fall into that stress load. And it's going to say, hey, I've been here before. We're good. Like, yeah. I can survive this. And automatically, you're going to calm down. And if you can stay calm, you're going to be much better off. Um, the other thing that I tell, you know, tell my, my athletes to do is it, the more it sucks, smile. Because, <laughs> because you were just going to crush the soul of somebody else that's competing against you. And these are for elite level people. And I'm not talking, yeah. Even, even I would know. say the um, the level that we compete, which I would say we were intermediate. I mean, I was taught, what, if you put, did the numbers, I was 17th percentile in yeah, my age group, which was pretty that's cool. Good, that's that's good. Out that's there. very but, good. You know, our whole goal for the whole entire thing was we don't quit. That was it. I yep. mean, we walked, we hiked most of the course. I mean, it's a ski slope, so you can imagine the the how steep it was but it was interesting because we were about halfway through and we were walking up they called it the death march and it was literally just straight up and it was all foggy and you couldn't see where the end was like it, you couldn't see at all and it was littered with bodies there were just and i mean these were you know like some 25 year old like super ripped dudes that i was like oh my gosh these guys are like in tears here yeah and so you're right so it's that mental it's that mental thing and especially when you're you're being competitive in this and you're trying to win and you're trying to finish on the podium and it, and this is true for any of me and my athletes that are individual athletes like when you're going up and competing against someone else and and they're looking to you to see when you're trying to break and if you're if you're starting to wear down because they are everybody yeah. is but on the outside if it doesn't look like that you're going to just start crushing people because they're going to sit there and be like this guy's on like won't stop like won't stop. what you know i'm dying over here and he's smiling immediately you're in his head yeah and you've gained an advantage they're going to slow down and so we do a lot of mental preparation we do a lot of mental work that way um because i really believe that the mental side of the thing is one side that most strength coaches you know especially independent strength coaches lack they don't attack that enough i want my people to be so mentally strong that they won't quit there's nothing that they don't believe that they can't do and, you know, my people understand that like, greatness is, you know, comes from that, you know, like, yeah. you know, everybody I have, a, you know, have, they, they won't want to quit, you know, because they know that they've been prepared so well, one, because the training is also, is oftentimes worse than the actual competition. Yeah. You know, and that, you have adrenaline with the competition. Adrenaline with the competition and knowing that you've prepared so well. Yeah. Even boosts you up even more, but yeah. knowing that, you know how how mentally strong that you've prepared yourself 
it's the that's the great equalizer and especially and i think especially for for an elite spartan racer um joe DeSanta does a very good job of of coming up with stuff that is going to just not only physically break you but mentally break you like just like the course where it got foggy like you know <laughs> now he didn't dial up the weather but he also knows that there's probably a great likelihood that that area is going to get like that. Yeah. And just mentally, you're like, I just, I've been walking for days. It's going to feel like, and you, he's, he's trying to see who really wants it. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a, you know, a sick and twisted guy like that. And I, and I, I'm and listening I, to his book. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I really, <laughs> I and it. I really appreciate like what he, what he, how he goes about that. I mean, he's, you know, it, yeah. he just lives that, that lifestyle so well. And I, but you know, I think, uh, I think when they, when people can get to that level, you know, we, you know, they are from a mental standpoint, there's really nothing that they can't do, whether it be in competition in sport in life in anything. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really what we're, what your ultimate goal is, or my ultimate goal from my, my standpoint as a coach is trying to make somebody that, you know, yeah. you know, a, a very well-rounded person. Which that's what I want to get into next. We're going to just take a really quick break, but I want to come back and talk about um, what all of this competition really means in the end. Um, I had, you know, a lot of people, I, I say too, you know, you sell them what they, what they want and you give them what they need kind of thing. Cause yep. um, within my fitness program, a lot of people come to me for weight loss, which is an external thing, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's internal as well, but a lot of people come to me for a workout program and I give them kind of the mental pieces to it too. So I love hearing it from um, the athlete or the competitive side of things too. So we'll be right back. Now I'm growing some fun, getting older like 17 or 18. And the only thing I know is to stay clean. T-shirt, short pants. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program, where tonight we're talking with Marshall Crown. He is a strength and conditioning coach, and he's sharing uh, all of his tips about the the way that somebody would train for an obstacle course race or anything that requires some performance-based um, training. And I'm really excited. We're going to get a little bit more into the mental side of things, which is where I love to live. Anyway, um, that's all where it comes down to. And so let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about the ultimate goal with doing a competition like this, whether it's an obstacle course race, a marathon, a um, in CrossFit. What is the ultimate goal in competing from your perspective well i mean i i think the main thing that i like to see is how does that training carry over to your everyday life um i mean most of the athletes i have i have quite a few sports specific athletes as well and and more you know what I would call a regular sport, like football or soccer, you know, baseball players, stuff like that. Something on television. Yeah, some, something that, like, most kids, like, want to grow up and do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, most kids aren't like, hey, I want to grow up and be, like, you know, an obstacle course racer. You know? <laughs> unless their parents yeah, do it. Yeah, unless their parents cool. do it, you know? <laughs> like, But most of them don't know what that is. But yeah. most of them know, like, you know, hey, I want to be, I want to grow up and be, like, LeBron, yeah. you know, or I want to grow up and be, like, Marshawn Lynch, you know? Like, I want to be, I, I see these guys and I want to do that. And... Everybody I take on, I ask them one simple question. I say, who are you? And nine times out of ten, they're going to say, I'm a, a football player. Or I'm a soccer player. Or I'm this. And I said, no, no. I said, I don't really care what you do. 
I said, who are you? Like, what are the other things? I said, when, when I take that away from you, what makes you who you are? Oh, and it's like, de- it's like <laughs> dead stares half the time. Yeah. And I said, because let me tell you, and I, and I speak of this from, from experience. I dealt with, I, was, I played baseball, and we were playing you know, anywhere from 100, you know, growing up from a little kid from like age six you know, to 20. You know, and I played anywhere at, towards the end of my career. I was playing like, you know, 100 games or more a year. You know, sometimes close to closer to two. You know, if we were 200, we were getting in the fall and, and some That's winter stuff. That's a lot of games. <laughs> you know, so the majority of my life. life is that. My, my entire social structure was that. When it ended, I had no idea who I was. I had this huge, cra- like, identity crisis. I, like, I had, like, a midlife crisis at, like, 20. I was like, what do <laughs> I do? Crisis. You know, like... <laughs> And it, and it was, and I went through a really hard time. You know, I got very depressed with it. I was like, I don't know, like, you know, I really wasn't able to hang out with my friends all that much because, like, they're on road trips, and it was like, well, I'm just by myself, and like, you know, I don't, I didn't have friends outside of that world, and it made me realize, like, there has to be more to you than just being one dimensional. What you like, I'm this type of athlete. That works great when you're that when you, that's all you do. But even the guys that play professionally their training pulls into the station at some point and then what makes them who they are then they don't have they're not like i'm a baseball player or i'm a football player or i'm this anymore no there has to be something else so i tell them like you need to have other things i said you need to be you know a great student you need to be something else like do you have other hobbies or other passions you need to develop those equally because the other thing that that does is when you have five or six things that identify, that make you who you are, when you're failing in one area, you can draw upon the strength in five or six other areas. You can't do that if you're just one-dimensional. Yeah. And if you're struggling, you're like, man, like my training sucks right now and I'm hating life. It permeates everything else in your life. But if you're like, man, like, you know, training sucks. And I'm still not, like, that's my main focus. But I'm, I got straight A's. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm a great artist on yeah. top of it or whatever they want to be or, you know. Um, yeah, that's huge because I, I think, you know, before we were talking about a little bit, once that competition is over, and I used to see it all the time with fitness competitions. I went through it myself. Um, you know, I even see it with brides that get married. Once that um, event is over and then it's like, well, now what? Um, so, so how do you help your clients or what advice do you have for people who are finishing up an event like that? Because you have to have recovery, you need some downtime, but how do you, how do you keep their, their head in the game? Or what are some of the things that you recommend that people do to stay healthy mentally once that event has been completed and that goal has been achieved? And most of my, most of my people are extremely motivated to, to, succeed in what they want to succeed in Mm -hmm. so i deprive them of it we'll train we'll train extremely hard to the point where their body they're just in a ton of pain they don't want to do it anymore they're tired of training then you give them the competition it's their release their break like they can just go after it let out all that that pent-up frustration on that event yeah and then i don't let them train for the next 10 days interesting i won't let them do anything like okay. they don't, they don't, they won't get any programming. I don't care what they eat. They won't do anything. They're going to just do nothing. 
And typically at the end of about a week, they're itching to get back in there. They're hungry again. They're like, all right, I've, you know, I'm, I, I need something. It's like you can't describe the look on their face. They're just like, all right, I'm, I'm, all right, I'm done on vacation. I'm done with it. Yeah. Right, like, let's get back to work. And then, you know, about the day, the tenth day, we'll talk about what what they want to set their sights on next. And sometimes we tweak it a little bit. You know, sometimes you know maybe we're gonna, you know, change a, a weight class for an athlete, or sometimes maybe we've got a new thing that that we're gonna switch to. Maybe we got a a guy that decided, you know, hey, like I'm, I'd rather play on defense now or something like that, and I need to pack on a little bit of weight, you know, more than I was carrying before. Mm-hmm. Gives us a new goal to set gives us a new direction to go keeps it fresh but he always is driving them in a direction of greatness and that's what i'm always trying to do i want everybody to know that anybody that that is covered under my brand that they're going to get a complete person one inside and out that they're going to be somebody that is physically you know just lights out that they've been training that hard but that is just a solid and human being to be around and yeah. that, and that I think is, you know, uh, my grandfather always talked to me and told me about leaving legacies, you know, and he, he built custom homes and, you know, he said, you know, we could drive around everywhere and be like, you know, I built all these homes and it got me thinking when I, you know, when I was really decided, you know, this is my passion. This is what I love to do because I love affecting people. I said, that's the legacy that I want to live and lead, you know, or leave behind when I go is that, you know, what if, you know, yeah, it'd be fine if I was like, I put a hundred pounds on that guy's back squat, you know, or I helped, you know, this woman lose 30 pounds and it's just a number, but what are they going to do after that? You know, does that guy go out then and just, that's the end of his story or does he go out and I've helped boost him up in so many other ways that he impacts 10 other people and those 10 people go out and impact 10 more people each you know that's the reach that we're trying to get with my company at at defiance that that's what we're all about building and you know I'm very selective of who I bring in because I'm one I'm protective of my brand but two not everybody wants that yeah and not everybody buys into that and I only want people that are going to do that so that's awesome that's incredible and that's what a real coach is a real coach doesn't just give you a couple pieces a couple tools they really they coach you they coach you to be better and that's so it's so awesome and the timing is perfect for this part too because i just finished spending the week with um um some guys that I know from wrestling yep. and um, I actually do a little bit of coaching for them for their nutrition and their conditioning piece but I spent time with um, Floyd Winter which was an Olympic coach and he's retiring now and um, so there were a lot of Olympians that one guy um, Derek Waldrop he won the 96 um, gold medal in wrestling uh, at the Olympics he came to to see Floyd off and and um and Randy Couture was there because he coached, he he wrestled under Floyd back in the eighties for the military's wrestling team. So it was really cool to hear them say that. That's what they came back for. They came back to say thank you for making me a a, a great person. Um, so that's awesome that you you are really a coach, coach, not just a trainer. I mean, I you, anybody can be a trainer and give you some oh, yeah. tips you here and there, but you really get in in the trenches with them and yeah. well, people come out if stronger. Well, and, and I think for, for anybody to be successful, yeah, you have to, if you, if they have a goal, 
you have to take ownership of that goal. You can't just be like, you know, they tell you, hey, I want to do do this. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And just haphazardly give them something. Like, you have to believe that as much as they do, if not more, because when they're training and they want to quit, you got to know that you got to be able to convey that, hey, I want this for you just as much. And when they see that passion, then they come in behind it and it it fills that void. And it's like, okay, I can get through this. I'm going to get one more day. I'm going to keep going. I can do it. You know, I mean, you know, too many people want to give up. Yeah. They do. And it's like the hardest thing that you have to overcome is figuring out what your calling is and who you want to be. Yeah. Once you've figured that out, you're on the downhill slide of things. You don't, you know, like, you know, impossible is nothing more than a word used by weak people. That is it. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You know, I mean, like, (laughs) I, I mean... And, and, you know, I mean, I have, I have a girl that, you know, I train her. And, and I mean, she she gets, you know, to hear this stuff all the time. But I'm like, I'm super passionate about, like, when I get in there, I'm I'm always, I don't know. I'm just, I get I get really passionate. I'm, I'm doing my best tonight, tonight not to get, like, too too out of control. I get a little heated sometimes. <laughs> I but, you love know. it. I love passion. And, and yeah, it's, that's what, that's what makes everything great, right? Like, yeah. who wants... The vanilla stuff. Who wants that, like, bland, whatever? I mean, you you got to understand, like, average is like, you know, uh, Eric Thomas says it great. Average is the imposter of great because it'll make you think that you're doing things well and, yeah. and because everybody else is. Yeah. You know, he was like, you know, you know, phenomenal. He said, to be phenomenal, you just are phenomenal. Don't listen to anybody else. Just do it. And that's the hardest thing is just people getting up and doing it. You know, and, and if you're going to listen to, you know, and somebody has goals and you got to believe that goal – you got to help them get to it. Yeah. Then that's, you know, that's what you do. And yeah. you don't let the outside voices come in and tell them, "Hey, that's impossible." No, you're just weak-minded like because you you don't have the vision to see like they do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, that is that is really powerful. I say that too to a lot of people cuz I do deal with um like I deal in transformations, really. Yeah. So I do at my clients are general population of somebody who is trying to do a lifestyle change and they come to me and um I feel like the the mental piece of it, the really big challenge for them is having the support from the people around them because people or other people are really scared of change, like just yeah. as humans, a lot of people I thrive on change. I really love it. But a a lot of people don't like change and they don't like it when you change either and so they'll try really hard to keep you and I hate to say like they try to keep you down but they try to keep you down because yep. you are reflecting to them that they're not necessarily living up to their potential so that is really huge and that's awesome that you add that mental component to it because that self-doubt that kind of creeps in when your loved ones are like nah I don't know about that that's really powerful it, and, it, and it's and I, and I and I and I mean I'm a walking example of it. I live it just as hard, you know, as as I preach it to these, you know, to my my people. Like you, you know, it's it's gonna be lonely up there, but you know, because no, you just like you said, you know, it's it's uncomfortable when you want to be average and you're around somebody that wants to be great. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable feeling. But that person that's gonna be great if they understand, hey, you're gonna start to shed these people every now and then. But when you get to where you want to be, you're going to attract people just like you that want to be around you, that want to build you up, that want to make you better and in all facets of your life. 
And those are people that you always want to surround yourself with. So why not be one of those people and attract them? You know, like, oh, that's so powerful. That's great. And that's I was just thinking about that the other day as far as putting stuff out there, because, I mean, obviously I have an online business. My marketing is done via social media. And, you know, I do I do try to be inspirational. I try to put stuff out there and I have gotten feedback where you know people like, oh, Stephanie thinks that she's better than. No, actually, I don't think I'm better than than anybody it's just that's just how I believe and those are the people that I want to attract and um and yeah whenever you put that message out there the right people do come into your life and then they do support you and the people that don't you know you just you find yourself making less and less time for them well and I and I just I don't even really worry about them I don't even matter it they don't matter to me yeah because they're they won't be around long you know and 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 if if your whole goal is to to better yourself so that you can go out and have a lasting impact in everything that you do and impact people positively, then you know why why concern yourselves with you know yourself with the you know the opinions of people that don't want you there I mean, yeah. like that. So to me, like you know, I just kind of block all that out and just keep on getting it. You know, yeah. like that's that's just my attitude. You know, so. no, I think that's great. I really do. I read. Um, I can't remember where it was. It was probably in my hours and hours of commuting that I used to do, and I listened to it. But um, they said something about soaring with the eagles instead of spending your time pecking at the ground with the the chickens. And yeah. really, I think about that whenever you know somebody is, and I, I try to share that with my clients too and my fans. You know, if somebody else is is pecking at the ground and they're trying to get you to peck there with them, like you no, know, just soar with the eagles because. You have bigger fish to fry, better better things to do with your time. So yeah. That is huge. I really didn't realize we were going to get into this piece of it. This is great. So we're just going to take a really quick break, and we'll be back for our last 10 minutes. Now 23, and I remember the times when we was chilling like villains and didn't have no knives. Like when we used to mob the beaches to kick in and swim. Now I hang around. Welcome back to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program where I, I think the, the name of the program is perfect for this particular um, segment. I used to chase skinny by doing tons and tons and tons of cardio and I tried dieting and you know it didn't, didn't really matter. I, I would cut down on my food. I would increase on my... Um, my mileage, sometimes up to 40 miles a week and still didn't look or feel the way I wanted to. So um, then I dove deeper into fitness and painting my fit life. And so that's what I'm trying to do here with this program is to bring in some other people who have helped me in my journey, who can help you in your journey. So I've been interviewing different coaches, um, different experts. And tonight we have Marshall Crown. He is a strength and conditioning expert and coach and owns defiance which is his coaching outfit so i want him to share a little bit more about some of the different coaching options that he gives um where you can work with him how you can work with him who can work with him yeah so um you can find me online i do online remote coaching uh is one of my options uh we do some group-based stuff um We'll be having three different rollouts or three different program rollouts. We just have a basic strength program. Um, we'll have an obstacle course racing program. Um, and then I have um, a little bit more driven towards like uh, CrossFit style comp- like competitor okay. style programming uh, on there as well. There are just three group programs that we'll be running. Uh, groups are limited in size. Um, and it's just so that I can maintain, you know, 
audience with everybody and, and make sure I can get questions answered and, um, you know, address everybody's needs. Um, so, uh, we'll be having those roll out in two weeks. Awesome. So, um, so probably by the time this is airing, so you can find all of that on your website too. Yep. Every, everything, probably by the time this is airing, everything should be on the, uh, will be up on the site. Uh, we'll be live. We'll have, once we get to our, our number, we're going to close that group. So it's going to go pretty quick. I've already been had a lot of contact about it. Oh, that's great. Um, so we're, we're looking to fill those fairly fast. Um, I do individual clients as well. Um, those, are, those are a little bit more selective because of who I like to work with. Yeah. Um, as far as sports that I work with, I don't, I, I don't really shy away from anything. Um, okay. You know, having a sports-specific background and – and just understanding the energy systems of different sports and stuff like that. Uh, I am partial to working with overhead athletes, so baseball players, volleyball players, soccer goalies, anybody's throwing or, okay. you know, um, only because I have a, a background in that, and I, and I just kind of like working with those those type of athletes. But that doesn't mean I don't work with anybody else. Um, yeah. I, do have a, um, I do have one girl that she's a strong woman competitor. Um you know, so we do a lot. I, there, there's not much that we don't touch on. Um, she's done very well. She's actually competed, and uh, she came in third for the state of South Carolina. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, so she's done very well. She's going to be trying to make a run at the Arnold's this upcoming year. Awesome. Um, you know, so we'll uh, we'll see how, how that works out. I think that she actually has a very good chance of that. So we do a lot of strength work. Um, I also run a weight, Olympic weightlifting team, okay. um, Team Defiance. Um we're based out of a gym in Charleston, South Carolina, downtown, called uh, Big Work Fitness Factory. Okay. Um, we will be hosting a meet in April of next year. This will be an open meet um, sanctioned with uh, with USAW. But we also have a couple slots still open for – we'll be competing in January. Uh, it will be the middle of January, January 16th through the 18th at the American uh, Weightlifting Federation's Grand Open. Uh, it'll be in Vegas, so oh, it'll be 300 lifters. Some of the top lifters in the country will be there lifting at that event. Um, That's guys, awesome. guys like Kendrick Ferris, uh, John North, some other guys will be there. Really cool event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we we are taking some some slots for that, both uh, women and men. Okay. Um, I do work with a lot of female athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's just because I. I, I so deep sometimes or like <laughs> psychological i don't know right. but like no, i just great. i deal with I, I i tend to handle women like female athletes very well that's awesome and uh so i, I and i find that they work a lot harder most of the time than a lot of my guy athletes so like you know so um but yeah i don't i don't really shy away from too many different sports um but yeah. my main focus is, is strength yeah. uh strength sports and uh you know so yeah. you know you guys can uh, you can definitely find me here we i'm based out of charleston but you can find me online at uh, defiancesc.com okay and then uh on instagram at defiancesc and f- you can find me on facebook at defiant strength conditioning awesome so. we'll put all those those links in the show notes too and then something else that kind of pops into my head um and because I've been asked about this a couple of times, I, I've worked with the local um, basketball players a little bit yeah. um, just to meet up with them outside of school. A lot of high school athletes, yeah. um, a lot of their coaching programs, they just they just struggle. So um, so I've been I've talked to them a couple of times and then also um, 
my assistant, she's actually in Canada. She's a virtual assistant. Her son does track and field, but they don't have an off-season program for the high school track and field. So is that something that you also coach that you could um, that you could give programs to that even if they're not a, they're not in person, you could give yes. them some off-season work to do? Yeah, and, and typically what I've designed, I mean, I design in-season and off-season programs for just about all my athletes that I have, and I, and I have sports-specific guys. So typically the way that would work, taking on a remote client like mm-hmm. that, um, we'll do some, some, we would meet once a month for like an hour Skype session. Okay. So we, this way I handle all my remote clients. Mm-hmm. So, and then we'll talk through via email or, you know, if we're getting ready for a competition, you know, something like that, t- it tends to be where we'll talk by text, like, or phone call, like every day, multiple times a day okay. sometimes. Okay. Depends on, depends on how, uh how into it my, my athlete might be. Yeah. So, so it gets a little demanding, but it's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, we'll do some basic assessment work that they can do remotely, uh, send me the, the results from that. Kind of gives me an idea where they stand on certain things. And then we'll develop ways to improve whatever they may be sports specifically. Okay. Um, so if they're track and field and they're saying a, a thrower, Yep. You know, obviously, I'm going to train a thrower much different than I would, you know, somebody, sprinter. yeah, sprinter <laughs> or somebody that's going to be, you know, running, you know, you know 800 or something like yeah. that, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't really, dis, you know, discriminate for against any any athlete that wants to train. Okay. Um, my my biggest thing is this: is the only thing that I ever require out of anybody that I take on is a hundred percent commitment. So. Okay. Um, you know, if I'm sent, you know, if, if I take on remote clients, I'm expecting them to, to really be motivated to do things. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm taking on individual clients and they're constantly coming up with excuses, you know, here locally that uh, they can't make this and they can't make that, then, you know, if you're, if you're more worried about wanting to go and, and hang out at the movies than, than train, you know, then that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that, but I'm not going to waste your money and my time doing yeah. that. I don't feel like that's that's worth it for you to be spending money on something that you wouldn't do. So, yeah. um, oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I just yeah. I just demand a you know I demand a lot because I give a lot. Um, you know, it it it's long days dealing with this stuff. You know, dealing with this stuff, and yeah. I and I love it every minute of it. And it, and it's, it makes my days go by really short and really easy when I'm around people that are just want to get after yeah. it constantly and yeah. uh you know so that that's the biggest thing I, I just demand that and and to have an open mind because we do a lot of kind of obscure stuff and you might be like why am i doing this but yeah. you know um i think i have you know enough people that can tell you like it, it'll work and it'll it'll kind of give you a whole different level of of understanding on yourself and and uh you know just kind of give you an edge on on whatever competition that you you're going after yeah uh that's great i i love your holistic approach to all the coaching and really looking for you know your your performance bait your your performance driven so you're looking for those results but it's all of the areas that your life benefits from these competitions I, yeah that's and i great. think i think the biggest thing is it, it, even though it's performance driven I, I tell people you gotta fall in love with the process yeah that's the number one thing i mean like uh i mean i do I have taken, you know, done a couple, uh, a couple of people that wanted to do weight loss, and like, they're like, I got this number, I gotta get to this number. I'm like, well, I, well, what happens when you hit that number? Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, like, you know, let's, 
you know, I want you to start finding things that you want to get good at and we'll naturally get to that number, but not everybody can have the image that they're looking for, you know? And, and what I want people to do is just fall in love with the process and everything that they really want is the doors will open that they didn't even know were even there. And they're going to find so much more out, like more about themselves. And I think that that's just huge. I think, uh, most people don't, don't realize that, you yeah. know, I think yeah. they, they focus too much on, on either pure performance or just pure aesthetics. And they don't realize that, you know, they're mutually exclusive if you just fall in love with the process. Yeah. 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 That's, it's so true. Once you, once you fall in love with the process and then you do, you don't have to rely on willpower or any yeah. of that stuff. It's just, it's just part of it. So that's really great. And that it's just, it's easier that way. It just is. I mean, it's, it's, it's harder and easier. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing your expertise. And yeah, I had, um, a, had a wonderful time. I good. really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to come out and talk with you today. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that you live here in Charleston. Yeah. I live here in Charleston. So yeah, thank you so much. And like I said, you can find all of Marshall's contact information, his coaching options in the show notes. And we look forward to next week whenever you listen to us on Tuesday nights from 9 to 10 p.m. on kinetichifi.com. This is the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program with Stephanie Keenan. Thanks.